It's a Central Pittsburgh. I'm Paul Guggenheimer. Tonight at 7, the Hollywood Theater in Dormont is showing a silent film. That's not unusual for the Hollywood, an art house theater that shows silence on a regular basis. But this isn't just any silent film. It's a 1925 feature-length movie called Body and Soul by the first major African-American filmmaker, Oscar Michaud. Many of Michaud's films addressed racial issues of that time in blunt, thought-provoking ways, and this movie is no exception. It's described as a direct critique of the corruption and dishonesty among the clergy of his day. And Michaud cast singer, actor, and activist Paul Robeson, making his film debut in the dual roles of an escaped convict posing as a minister of a southern black church and as the convict's upstanding brother. Made for black audiences, the film has an almost entirely black cast and crew. Rather than see the film accompanied by the traditional melodramatic organ, tonight's audience will see body and soul in a way that audiences watching it over 90 years ago couldn't have imagined, with an original score for the newly restored film performed live by Pittsburgh hip-hop artist Jasiri X. Jasiri X's debut album, American History X, was named Album of the Year at the Pittsburgh Hip Hop Awards. He recently became the first hip hop artist to receive the coveted August Wilson Center for African American Culture Fellowship. And he joins us now in studio. Jasiri X, welcome to Essential Pittsburgh. Oh, it's an honor to be here. Thanks for having us. Also joining us to give us the backstory on Oscar Michaud and Body and Soul is black film scholar Joe Kennedy. Joe Kennedy, good to have you with us. Thanks. Great to be here. And if you have a comment or question for our guests, you can join the conversation at 412-246-2002. That's 412-246-2002. Email is ESSPGH at WESA.FM and on Twitter at ESSPGH. If you are an Oscar Michaud fan, a Jasiri X fan, a Paul Robeson fan, or just a fan of good films, and if you have a question about the creation of this art behemoth, we'd like to hear from you. Again, the number, 412-246-2002. Jasiri X, before you were approached about getting involved with this project, what did you know about Oscar Michaud? Um, I knew, you know, a filmmaker. I mean, I, I, I know... More so, Paul Robeson. I mean, I've I've I knew Oscar Michaud basically by via Paul Robeson, and you know I know Paul Robeson because um, I've been blessed for the last ten years to be uh, mentored by Harry Belafonte, and uh, if you're with Harry Belafonte for longer than twenty minutes, he's going to begin to talk about his mentor Paul Robeson and Paul Robeson's effect on him and his life. And um, so I just knew, I knew Oscar Michaud by way of that. I didn't really know the extensiveness of of uh, what he brought to the film industry. And uh, I did not know um, Body and Soul was the type of movie it was uh, until after we actually said, oh, we'll go with Body and Soul. And then we watched it and we were like, wow, this is going to be interesting movie to write for. So, yeah. So you, so the idea or the the concept was presented as uh, let's do a mashup of something how about how about an Oscar Michaud film and you weren't necessarily sure which film it would be at first um right we were given like a list of films and ah. so for me it was kind of like you know well let's do the Paul this is Paul Robeson's first film so it's like you know because of my connection to Mr. Belafonte and Paul Robeson was like you know I want to do Paul Robeson's film but I, you know I honestly I didn't know like 
movies from 1925 got down like body and soul i mean and, and touched on the the type of topics that it touched on um and so we kind of chose the, the film based upon you know wanting to you know honor and remember paul robeson and then we watched the movie and we were like whoa this is going to be an interesting film to write to um, and then even, you know, going later on and finding the history of Body and Soul that Oscar Micheaux actually um, had to redo the film, I think, two to three times um, because it was being rejected because of the themes that he was um, presenting in this movie it was actually called Sacrilegious. Um, that was even more interesting. And so, yeah, it was um, it was an interesting process and ride yeah. after watching it. Very organic-sounding process. Yeah. Now, now, as long as you brought up Harry Belafonte, and uh, and, and it's interesting because uh, it, it would have obviously been uh, years ago, but uh, the whole story of him being mentored by Paul Robeson, right. uh, that's fascinating. What did what did Belafonte say to you about being mentored by Paul Robeson? What, uh, how did Paul Robeson inter- uh, influence uh uh, Harry Belafonte. Well, I mean, this is Paul Robeson was instrumental in, you know, uh, Harry Belafonte not just being a, a, a actor singer, but also being an activist. And so the the stances that Paul Robeson took, you know, around, you know, racism of his time, stances that actually got him um, um, exiled, you know, uh, from the United States. Um those were, you know, those had a very tremendous impact on him. So one of the things Paul Robeson said uh, that Mr. Belafonte always tells us as artists are the gatekeepers for truth. Mm-hmm. So it was Paul Robeson that instilled in Harry Belafonte that artists had a responsibility to speak the truth and to speak truth to power. And so, you know, he, you know, Mr. Belafonte put that in me. And it's one of the reasons that I make the type of music that I make, uh, because I feel like um, as an artist, particularly as a young black man in America, that I have a responsibility to speak to the conditions that I see happening, you know, in this country, in my community specifically. So uh, this film becomes even more interesting because it is Paul Robeson, who was such a powerful force in the world as an artist, as an activist. Uh, it, it makes this film matter that much more because it was the debut of Paul Robeson in a, in a very demanding dual role, almost right. kind of a Jekyll and Hyde type thing, playing yes. a, a very good man and a very bad man. Yes. Um, but more so a bad man. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> more so a bad man. Right. Uh, so what was, when you first saw Body and Soul, I think you, you pretty much summed it up for yeah. us. Um, I, I was... I was I, I, I guess the word would be shocked. Um, you were shocked. I, w- I did not know, you know, that movies in 1925 would have these themes. You know, I guess, I you know, I don't know what I was expecting, but I was expecting, I guess, something that I thought was maybe kind of like watered down or, you know, and to, to have, you know, a film dealing with, you know, um, a, a corrupt preacher and, you know, sexual assault and, you know, I don't want to give away the movie, but it's just like, I was like, wow, I did not know that they would have these type of themes in movies in 1925. You know what I'm saying? And so it kind of, you know, my first reaction was, I have no idea how I'm going to write <laughs> to this film. And then as I started jotting some stuff down, as we started the writing process, though, it came very quickly, very easily. Um, but we, it, what we ended up doing was because of the themes of the movie, we ended up making like a modern rap album to a movie that came out in 1925 because the themes that exist in this movie still are existing today. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to kind of um, 
you know, because at first we kind of had this idea of what were we going to use music from the 1920s and kind of tie it in. And we decided to kind of go the opposite direction to create like a modern hip hop um, score to this movie because the themes that people are talking about in rap music right now, you know, are, are being dealt with in this movie that came out in 1925. So it's like, I feel like maybe I should have known. But yeah, I was I was very very surprised after watching this. Film. And, and this is the edited version. This is you know you talk about watered down. It wasn't exactly. even Oscar Micheaux's original vision for the film, but they they had him go through if, this. If I could watch that, I mean, I actually tried to find it. And I guess it it's, does. It's gone. Yeah, it's gone. The, the I mean, I would be I would be amazed to watch the original nine reel director's cut is no longer in existence. Joe Kennedy, who, let's let's talk about Oscar Micheaux. A, a lot of people know his work. But he is a, a fine wine in terms of movie makers. Many people may not be acquainted with him. So who was Oscar Micheaux, and why was he such an important filmmaker? Well, before I talk specifically about Oscar Micheaux, I want to talk about the continuity, the flow of artistry and activism that led us from Oscar Micheaux to Jasiri X, because there is a continuity there. And when you heard Jasiri talk about the way in which his mentor, Harry Belafonte, was mentored by uh, Paul Robeson. And in the same manner, Paul Robeson was mentored by Oscar Micheaux. We have a continuity, a flow of leadership, artistry, and activism that I think is very powerful. And the more ways we can find to tie new audiences into that rich history and legacy, I think the richer we will be as a community. So I am very proud to say that it was my idea to invite Jasiri yeah, X yeah. to participate in this project. Uh, and I hope that you and your listeners can understand why, um, having heard Jasiri speak. To get to Oscar Micheaux specifically, I am most impressed by the fact that over 100 years ago, he was doing what Jasiri and One Hood Media are trying to do today, to rally around a community to create artistry, entertainment, and activism for that community. And they really let nothing stand in their way. Oscar Micheaux began as a farmer. And when his crops failed, he turned to novel writing. He wrote novels about his own experiences, and they became increasingly fanciful. In the but, great, out in the Great Plains, he was trying to homestead. He was a homesteader, and his first novel was called The Homesteader. And he sold these novels about African-American themes to his white neighbors in South Dakota. Uh, and he was able, through those sales um, and through the popularity of his works, to develop a screenplay, which he wanted to bring to uh, mainstream African-American audiences. The premier black film studio of the time didn't think he had enough experience or expertise to direct a film, and they wouldn't let him direct it. So what did he do? He formed his own film company. He hired a chauffeur, a cast, a crew, and he drove out into the middle of nowhere in South Dakota and asked white farmers to let him shoot his movie on their farms. It not only created the, the types of movies that we are still able, through the efforts of historians and preservationists, to enjoy today, but it really changed the lives of the people with whom he came into contact, both black and white. He was an example of leadership, uh, an example of having a vision and having what it takes to carry that vision to fulfillment. So let's talk about the backstory of body and soul. Uh, the, we've talked about the fact that there were controversial themes that were addressed in this film. Uh, give us some of the detail of what this story is about, why Michaud chose it, and how these 
controversial issues that he was addressing were being done in a way that were cons- that was and still is considered ahead of its time. You have to understand <clears throat> that at this period in American history, major film studios were not telling African American stories. They were not hiring African American uh, people to work either in front of or behind the cameras. So people like Oscar Michaud um, took on their shoulders a massive responsibility not only to represent their communities in the medium of film, uh, but also to entertain those communities. And they felt a commitment to telling stories that were actually going to be meaningful to people um, because they were essentially asking these people in very difficult economic times to part with a little bit of their money uh, to get some entertainment, and they wanted to make sure they were getting their value. So stories about uh, tensions within the black community, uh, issues of trust uh, and responsibility within the black church uh, were controversial, and Mr. Michaud knew they were controversial. Um, he felt that was a good way to generate some discussion within the community, and it certainly worked. The original version of Body and Soul was a nine-reel production. When Oscar Michaud applied for an exhibition license from the Motion Picture Commission of the State of New York, it was denied approval on the grounds that it would, quote, tend to incite crime and was, quote, immoral and sacrilegious. How did the Motion Picture Commission arrive at this conclusion? Well, like the black film studio that first denied Oscar Michaud the the opportunity uh, to direct his own story, um, the white establishment was somewhat skeptical um, about these upstart black filmmakers. So it didn't take much in the way of sensationalism Uh, for people to err on the side of caution uh, and simply try to keep these films from being screened by wider audiences. To me, it is just a testament to the strength of Oscar Michaud that despite these obstacles, he was able to complete the film and get it seen. You must remember that he... But he he had to re-edit it. I mean, he had to re-edit the film twice before the commission approved the film. Uh... So, I I mean... He he did have to re-edit it twice. And remember, this is the man who wrote the story, wrote the screenplay, directed, produced it, and was the distributor. So when they impose these requirements that he re-edit the film, it's not like he was sitting around twiddling his thumbs with nothing to do. This was a man who was doing every aspect of getting these films in front of audiences, um, and they made it even more difficult for him. So the fact that even with having to re-edit it down from nine reels, he was still able to get it in front of audiences, to me as a testament to his strength. And how did the audiences of the day react to Body and Soul when it debuted in 1925? Black film audiences awaited these films as if they were water in the desert. <laughs> um, you have to, re- rem- to realize and remember that at this time, if you were African-American and you went into a uh, movie house that was not black-owned, you were required frequently by law to sit in segregated areas of the theater. So for black audiences to have a movie that was made by African-Americans, starring African-Americans in an African-American theater, was a real event, a real treat, and it was really appreciated by those black audiences. It's the Central Pittsburgh. I'm Paul Guggenheimer, and we're talking about an event happening tonight in Dormont at the Hollywood Theater, the showing of the silent film, Body and Soul by the first African-American filmmaker, Oscar Michaud. It is going to be showing tonight at 7 and will be accompanied by a 
original score for the newly restored film performed live by Pittsburgh hip-hop artist Jasiri X, who is with us here in studio, along with film historian Joe Kennedy, who is the man behind the idea to bring Jasiri X into this project and create this new, fresh dimension for the film. And I'm curious, Jasiri X, as, as the conscientious writer that you are looking at uh, the way things are in society. What subjects did this project give you an opportunity to write about that maybe you had not covered before? Um, well, definitely. I mean, um, you know, kind of, it was interesting because a majority of the film was set in the church. Um, we were able to kind of deal with these things positive and negatively with the church. You know what I'm saying? We were able to have some, you know, it was it's almost like gospel hip hop, you know what I'm saying? Which mm-hmm. I haven't necessarily, you know, done before. Well, a um, lot of the, a lot of popular music came out of gospel anyway, didn't it? I, no, absolutely, absolutely. But also, you know, kind of like these themes of like um, you know, power, um, you know, death, um, you know what I'm saying? Like robbing, stealing. I mean, you know, like like I said, normally I'm dealing with like these social justice aspects <laughs> and stuff, and it was like, you know, um, we're we're writing some very different things. So it, it, it to me explored like the idea of you know and and when you see somebody that's like okay um, somebody that's a crooked p- pastor somebody that would take the role of a pastor and pray on like people that believe in God like what makes that type of person because you know uh, one of the things one of the best pieces of advice I got was kind of to make these themes for the character and so. It, now I have to get into the mind of this character. So what makes this guy? Like, what What does he think? How does he, what would push somebody to do the type of things that he did? And so it really began this kind of really, like, psychological process of trying to get into the minds of, of these characters. Or, you know, the, 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 the daughter who has a very tragic, you know, um, story. You know, the mom who, you know, think that she's, you know, doing right by her child but ends up, you know, uh, causing some harm. So... I'm, you know, for me, it was almost like not necessarily like an act. I'm not memorizing lines, but I'm trying as an artist to find what motivated these people to do the things that they did and then to create music around kind of that motivation. So it was very, it was definitely like most of the topics, I would think most of the songs were things that I have never really addressed in my music, you know, because I'm talking about social issues and things that are happening. Or I'm talking about my own personal life. And so it was like almost like putting shoes on, like other people's shoes on and then trying to walk in their shoes and then kind of explain, you know, what it is that they did and why they felt the way they felt. And it's interesting because, um, you know, we're in the mid 20s, which was, uh, you know, for a lot of Americans at that time, a very prosperous period. But uh, and maybe because of uh, the way society was going, uh, the dresses were going up, uh, alcohol was illegal, but people schemed to get it anyway. So uh, f- for whatever reason, people were becoming in- introspective about morality. So ironically enough, 1925 is also the year that the silent version of Jekyll and Hyde comes out, starring Lon Chaney. Uh, excuse me, it's Phantom of the Opera, starring Lon Chaney, but it- it's still sort of this exploration of uh, a, a good man gone bad, and why did he, you know, why did he end up doing the things that he was doing? And and so Oscar Micheaux, in, in that way, Joe Kennedy is tapping into that. Of course, this was also the time of the Harlem Renaissance, <clears throat> and um, people were trying to find ways through a variety of different media, through poetry, uh, through the novel, through music, um, to 
lift up and celebrate the African-American experience. Um, we also had uh, people like W.E.B. Du Bois encouraging us to lift up a talented 10th uh, portion of our community uh, and train them to be leaders, uh, to set a good example. And when you have that conversation going on, you have to also discuss the flip side, those elements of the community which are harmful and need to be dealt with. So Michaud, uh, in his way, was attempting to address all of that by telling these morality tales. Jasiri X, were you at all concerned about, uh, as you were creating what you're doing, n not um, getting in the way of what Michaud was doing, d doing something that would dovetail with, with his message, but at the same time wouldn't overpower the film? Right. I mean, and, and uh, yes, because like th this was an answer. That's a great question. I'm glad you um, you brought that up because what we did not do was create like a like one to one. Like, you know, what we didn't want to do is like have me like rapping like what's happening on the scene. Like and now he picks up the cup like, you know, he didn't I, I didn't want to explain like what was happening on screen. Um, so what what I did was and, and what we did. And when I say we, I'm talking about um, the producers, um, King Legion and Idasa Tark, who also are teaching arts with uh, One Hood Media. Uh, we brought in uh, one of our students, um, Deja Monet, to sing on it. So this was a really like a a, um, a group effort. You know, Tahir Frost, who's another, you know, one of our teaching artists involved as well. And so um, what, we, what I try to do is just capture the emotion of the scene. So you're not going to have like me. I'm not like referencing character names. I'm not, you know, I'm just trying to like as the scene happens kind of provide this like you know the emotion of the scene hopefully with the production and what i'm saying but to have you you know focused on like actually what's going on on the screen so we thought that was very important and you're doing this live yeah which, which sounds to me something akin to a high wire act w yes. why why do it live <laughs> why not record it that's a great question you know <laughs> i probably at this point wish i recorded it because it's like <laughs> 10 brand new songs but it's i mean for me you know as a as an artist i think <clears throat> This is what makes it unique. You know what I'm saying? Like that I get to go up there and do it live. And it is going to be like a high wire act. It is going to be interesting. You know, I was practicing right before I came in here. You know, I'm going to and going to practice again. But I think that's what makes it unique is like that, you know, and, and then, uh, you know, the, the emotion, you know, certain songs like we're going to be jumping up. Like it's going to be like, you know, we're trying, like I said, capturing the emotion of the thing. So I'm excited to do it. It's something that I've never done. So it, it definitely, like, a live wire act is the best way. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> well, well what, if, what, if, what if something throws off your timing a bit? You know, I'm not trying to jinx you here. I'm going to knock on, you know, knock that, on wood. Uh, no no performance goes 100% correct. <laughs> don't I know that? Live, you know, you do live radio. So live performances, it never goes. So there's always going to be something. But I think that's what makes it the experience unique. Because, like, the people that come tonight... Because it's live, you're not going to ever get this experience. It's live and it's the first time. So even if I do this again, it'll never be like that first time and the butterflies and the nerves and how is it going to look. And so that's why I think what makes it, you know, and if I fall off or mess the timing up, it'll just make it a more unique <laughs> show experience, you know? The audience <laughs> will never know. The series fell down. Like, we can tweet it out or put it on Instagram or whatever, <laughs> you know what I mean? This is also entirely consistent with the history of how these pieces were performed back in 1925. We call them silent films because they have no recorded soundtrack, but they were not aired 
uh, in silence before audiences, live musicians accompanied each and every viewing of this. And so this is a continuity of that tradition. We may be using modern technology, we may be bringing a different musical style to it, but we are remaining entirely consistent with the way in which these films were first seen by public audiences. And, and Joe, what do you think Oscar, you know, Oscar Michaud was nothing if not a risk taker himself. What do you think he would have thought of this mashup of his work and the work of Jasiri X? I think he would be absolutely delighted, not just at the artistic accomplishment of this, but that it is being done by people who firmly believe in a commitment to social change. We are trying to use the resources of our past to change our future. I can't wait till this evening. It's 7 o'clock at the Hollywood Theater. Me neither. I can't wait till it's finished. finished. I'm like, man... It'll it'll all be it'll all be great in the end. I'm sure I'm sure audiences are in for a treat tonight. It's the showing of Body and Soul, Oscar Micheaux's masterwork, starring Paul Robeson, the great Paul Robeson, in his movie debut, and uh, the brand new score. Is this your mu- movie debut, Jasiri? Uh yeah yeah this is, <laughs> this is my movie debut absolutely. All right there you have it. The movie debut of Jasiri X providing an original score performed live. With the film tonight, yes, you got it. You have to be there to see it, and yes. uh, it'll be an amazing experience. Just Siri X, thank you so much for being with us. Thank we you appreciate it, and also Joe Kennedy. Thank you, Paul. Coming up, the story of an exhibition at Space: two hundred and fifty-two portraits by Pittsburgh artists of one man. It's Essential Pittsburgh on ninety point five WESA. 